Welcome to Was It Good, the podcast that reviews movies and TV shows. Today, we are taking a look at the first season of Welcome to Wrexham. I am Ravi, and as always, I'm joined by my two brothers, Arjuna and Krishna. And Krishna is sporting a beautiful Manchester United kit. Yes. Uh, this thing is actually so old. but just say, it's, it's like 10 years old? Yeah, I th- more than that. I think it's like 15, maybe. It smells dusty. Smell, yeah, you can smell it from there yeah. for sure through yeah. the camera. Yep, smell of yeah. vision, smell vision. That's let's come back. That's oh. the you know, when uh, the first Avatar movie in 2009, the James Cameron Avatar movie came out, you know, 3D like really got revitalized by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the big thing that they're gonna do with Avatar 2, it's gonna do <laughs> smell vision, and that's gonna oh. be the big thing for Avatar 2. I feel like that should be a, like a college humor skit or something. <laughs> and like, if if you could get James Cameron to like re- like sit down, and like make it like that, would sell it. That'd be hilarious. That would be really good. Yeah, yeah. Why I don't know why you would ever want smell vision. It was <laughs> popular with it was like wasn't uh, Rugrats one that did Smell Vision was like the Rugrats movie or something maybe thing. wait is this a real thing yeah Smell Vision they used to have like cards that they give out I think at the movie theater and you'd like smell what specific the fuck? things oh yeah people want that immersion I guess there's <laughs> also 4D which I did do and I do not recommend it. 4D oh. I mean 4D it, it depend like for something like Welcome to Wrexham which is a, obviously a documentary. You would not want like a 4D experience because, what? What? I, I mean, unless you want to like smell Ryan Reynolds, I guess. Oh, d- you know, some people would be into that. Uh, I gotta ask really though, what bad. is 4D exactly? It's basically like moving chairs for a movie. I saw it oh. for like the Hitman's bodyguard's wife, or the second one in that mm. series, the Ryan Reynolds Samuel Jackson movie series. The chairs were like moving violently. I felt a little motion sickness. Also, <laughs> some some four D experiences also have like w- like air and like water. Yeah, yeah this one this well one did too. some air and did like some heat. Yeah, for, for yeah. that. The, <laughs> I went and there was like a couple sitting next to us, and it started doing that for I think like the trailer, like one of yeah. the trailers, and they're like, "Oh no, fuck this!" <laughs> <laughs> they laughed, they laughed. <laughs> they laughed oh like immediately. God. It was great. I was like, "Should we do that?" <laughs> Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, they sprayed water for her Spider-Man Homecoming. No, oh. Far From Home. Far, far from, from Home. Oh, for the 4D experience. That yeah. makes sense. Nice. I hated it. <laughs> you did the yeah. 4D. That's it was like, so why abstract. W- why yeah, would ab- you want to get go to the movie to get wet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go to an amusement park for that. Even amusement parks, though, like, I, I wouldn't want to. Like, like, like Disney, right? They have, uh, was it Splash Mountain, right? Yeah. And that one you get, like, I've only ever been on that ride once, and you, you get soaked. You don't get soaked. Though. I got soaked. And then I was walking around in wet shorts the entire day. Was I terrible. mean, you can get wet on pirates if you're, like, in the back on the edges. Like, that's, that's the, true. The water will pool in, and you're just, you're going to have swamp ass all day. <laughs> Ooh. Swamp ass. <laughs> swamp ass. Not slap ass. Swamp ass. Yeah. But speaking of Disney, Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Welcome to Wrexham. Deadpool's soccer team in England. <laughs> Who wants to sing the song? Let's uh, let's, <laughs> let's let's start right there. Actually, like the the marketing and the allure of this documentary was definitely helped, right, with the idea that Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess to kind of to, to to level set here, like the the documentary shows these two rich Hollywood actors going in together to purchase a, a, a soccer team in Wales which is part of the United Kingdom. 
they purchased this team, which, you know, they uh, have been regulated or they want to get out of. Wh- which league is it? It's the National League. The National League. The, the fifth tier. Right. Their whole English their whole goal of buying the team is to get them out of the National League and make them a big thing. And I think the interesting thing is with this show, the s- town in which they, they purchased the, the soccer team from, right? They very much obviously are aware of Ryan Reynolds and his whole Deadpool, and it's very much like shown quite a bit um, within there. Which obviously, what Disney had to approve, or well, FX is owned by Disney, right? So it's all, <laughs> so it's all owned by Disney. It's all a big synergy it's all play, a magical affair. It's all meta. It's all it's it's all very meta if you really think about it. Hmm. I don't want to. Well, okay, this isn't the pod for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but like looking at the series as a whole, and you know, big, big, big surprise. I haven't finished it, unfortunately. Like I <laughs> did not finish. I, I have three not, episodes left. I'm three episodes behind. But you guys obviously have finished it. And, and the the thing with a documentary, especially a documentary that is was you know shot close to a year ago, mm-hmm. in terms of like you know when it started and mostly finished. You know, a lot of the information about this team and everything, and, and obviously the big thing of getting out of the National League. We know, obviously, that didn't happen, right? We know <laughs> for that 2020 or 2021 season, they did not get out of the National League. So I'm not too, too upset that I didn't watch Spoiler all of alert. it. But, <laughs> again, you, you go into this, the, to the documentary knowing that kind of already. Yeah, and I think even with the, the way they played the finale, like – they play it like you know that mm-hmm. it's happening. You know they have this. They have this semifinal match essentially uh, for the knockout stage to get the two C to essentially get into ascension. And the entire last episode is that match. So you kind of know yeah. they're not going to make it out of this match. They also do these like vignettes with a lot of the different uh, people around town that they've been following all season that are kind of like these, you know, season wrap up type of like vin- vignettes and whatnot, which are. Very informational, very fun, but also like tipping the hand of yeah. Oh yeah, by the way, um, they didn't didn't it. make it out. Yeah, especially like the last <laughs> vignette, they show one of the supporters who I think was part of the trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the public facing um, group that owned the club before they sold it to um, the two Hollywood A listers and and Rob and Ryan. Uh, and she's like, yeah, we lost before we like actually show the goal goings, <laughs> which is a very interesting creative decision. Yeah. Um, it was also just like a, it was very Hollywood esque. They really like played that last episode like it was fictional, dramatized television. And I mean, the match played out that way, right? Like it was a very high scoring, back and forth affair with just like multiple go- goals scored. I think the final was like five four or six five or something like that. Um, so it all worked and uh, and everything. But like you said, I think it's always tough for documentaries in general, especially like sports docs where. You type if you type in "Welcome to Wrexham," yeah, you you can easily in those Google results see like their current schedule, which <laughs> is what season two is about, right? Um, Spoiler so, alert: they're so not you, in League Two, right? So you, you <laughs> have to, you have to be creative in right. terms of how you present the information because it's not necessarily like new information, but you can add really good context around like the players and some of the personal stories and whatnot. It's it's interesting, like with sports docs and documentaries in general, especially when they are about events or things that happened in the past. Like I, w- I would say, some of the 
better documentaries that I've seen, unfortunately, are around, you know, murderers and serial killers. <laughs> um, like, obviously, the, the big one that's come back up is the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, stuff. Dumb. You know, there's the, bio, the, the you know, the... Um, the Netflix, you know, fictional series or whatever with uh, the actor who plays Quicksilver. But there are also other newer documentaries that have come out sure. around that, that you know, terrible human being. And again, you can easily just Google, see the Wikipedia page and know what's happening. But yeah, it's like, how do you keep the viewer att- as viewer's attention in that docu-series, even sure. though they can easily go out and just know all the information and right. everything. So I wonder if the people work that worked on this documentary have worked on, like, Fictionalized ones, murder or like documentaries. Before. Well, I, I would. You, I think you're conflating some of the terms a little bit. So, like the Donner one with like Quicksilver isn't a documentary, right? It's right. like a fictional dramatization. Fictional dramatization, yeah. But that, there is another is Netflix documentary, documentary right. that's out. Like there. Making a Murderer is yep. a is a documentary. Like the very popular Netflix one um, was a uh, was this one, right? And again, like all that information you can easily find, right? How would you sum up Welcome to Wrexham in one word? Ooh. I guess I'll go, because I got it. Uh, I would say multifaceted. Um, wow. So this, I thought this documentary, what set it apart from a lot of other sports documentaries, is they did a great job of hitting every level of this situation of these new owners coming in to buy this team. Um they hit every level, right? So they hit the they hit the ownership, they hit the fans, they hit the players, they even hit like the psychology of sports. Um, so they really attack this thing from like all of these different angles. Uh, so that's why I'm going to say multifaceted. So to piggyback off of Krishna's point on multifaceted, I feel like they reflected the style of the documentary off of their owners, right, Rob and Ryan, because I think they really attacked owning the team in a whole multifaceted way from the sponsorship stuff, which that was maybe the one thing I wanted to see a little bit more of, of just like them using their Hollywood connections to get TikTok to be, you know, a sponsor Sponsor, of a, you know, a a British, uh, you know, a a United Kingdom soccer team in the fifth league, right? Like that's a big sponsorship for a team that's not, you know, nationally televised. Um, Aviation Gin obviously being another one, which we know from, Ryan owning that company was was easy, but can I can I make a quick question? Has anyone here tried aviation gin? I don't like gin. I don't Chris, like alcohol. Chris, have you tried it? Negative. So yeah, when we when we were on the cruise or our June's birthday cruise, obviously um, I got the drink package and you can have as much alcohol as your heart desires, and I decided to do like a gin ta- tasting, and I tried that uh, like some non-branded like really really cheap gin and then like bombay gin which is considered like some of the best yeah aviation gin is probably the worst thing i've ever tasted in my life (laughs) it is so disgusting uh anyway that just a side note uh but so i I really liked that i I like chris just one word impression because i think it reflects like top down what the organization is really doing because i think they're just trying to attack it as a whole even in the the finale they said like yeah the the main goal is to, you know, the dream goal is to get, you know, up. But mm-hmm. the their main goal, they said, for this first season was to basically bring excitement back with the team and the town, which they did, right? They successfully, like, closed that gap up and made it, like, a team that the town could be proud of. Um, so it's interesting to see how they're just kind of attacking it. And I think, like, that's the – I think for me, you know – 
you know, you don't, you know, as much as you want to know with the Hollywood status of like Rob and Ryan. But I think it is interesting to see the business side of like, there is a business to being like a Hollywood A-list actor and being successful. And I think you see some of that in the documentary. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's also like the, the, um, things like episode 12 or something where Ryan Reynolds like pops in right randomly to Wrexham. Because he's to do shoots to do shoots yeah. for for I think it's for gin for the aviation gin or something else, but like it's you you see him like working where he's popping and connecting his businesses and everything. Um, also, like for the town in general, I think uh, I forget the, the the individual's name, but she was the Wrexham supporter who like volunteers and also works at the library, I believe. Yes, yeah, so she's the one that is was part of the trust. Right, um, right. And she said it best where she's like, you know, because towards the beginning of the documentary, they're kind of asking people in town, like, what do you think about, you know, your team being bought by, like, these, you know, Hollywood actors and da 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 And there was definitely a lot of, like, hesitation, I think, from the town. But by the end of the documentary, you know, the town loves it because, like, all business in Wrexham uh, is going up. Like, just even tourist, uh, like, tourist. Um, yeah. Uh, business and everything is, is skyrocketing for them because it's it's now a destination to go visit like oh this is the ryan reynolds rob soccer team town or whatever and like oh i've seen that in the documentaries so. yeah uh yeah i think that's a great point and i think what's interesting is they kept in some of the criticism mm-hmm. so like the episode you mentioned of when ryan comes the like head trainer complains about it he's like this is fucking everything up yeah and like Probably doesn't make Ryan Reynolds look great, but they still kept it in. Yeah. Right? Like, I but think that's... Especially because, like, 20 minutes later, they were both taking a picture <laughs> on the pitch. So, you know, it's like... It's, it's hilarious. Like, so, it's, it's better that they kept it in because it's like, this guy's talking smack behind the owner's backs, and then 20 minutes later, he's taking a picture with them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Makes him look bad, to be honest. Right. It is, it is interesting, like, speaking of the criticism, that they kept some of that stuff in. I think, like, one of the more notable ones is when Rob and Ryan visit Wrexham for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're meeting all these different groups. And they get drinks with, like, some of the, <laughs> yeah. the fans. And one of the guys is like, that executive that you have in charge? So he's like, uh, oh, I don't like... Or the old executive I didn't like. And then some of the other supporters are like, the, the executive they currently have in charge, we don't like him. He's treated the staff badly. Well, no, it's the manager of the team, right? Not the manager, Mm-mm. the um, the executive guy that they brought in. The bold team. guy. Yeah, right. that they the glasses who's who's done a lot of so, uh, stuff in the leagues before. Above, right. gotcha, uh, gotcha, yeah. They're like, oh, he he treats the support staff badly, uh, which was interesting. They just never followed up with that, though. That's, yeah, I that's thought my they would have. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there it, was also like discussion too around like the the actual. Um, coach or manager for the actual soccer yeah. team where a lot of the fans were like, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. And obviously this is around when they visit. And then in the next couple of episodes, they start winning, right? And they start it's, rising. It's right around the transfer portal episode yeah. where there's this, they really centralize. That might've been the weirdest episode for me because I really sent like centralized that whole episode around. Should we keep the manager? Should we not? They're really struggling at that point. They're like, not doing very well in the standings. They have to make the decision here if they're going to go all in and, like, you know, pay exorbitant amount of money to bring somebody else in, which they end up doing by bringing in Ollie Palmer. Um, for, I think it was, like, a record transfer fee of, like, 300,000 pounds. Something like that. Or yeah. something yeah, like that. Yeah, for the National League. Yeah. For the National Right. And, but they're really debating, like, should we let him go? Should we not? Because, like, if, essentially, if we don't do anything, we're giving him, like, a, a, a 
a death sentence here of like things aren't going to change, so you're just going to kind of peter out and then we'll fire you anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. they kind of come to this rush decision at the end. And they're like, oh, we decided to keep him, and we also got this guy who's going to be really good. But, I mean, it well, works out for them, right? They do rise. Yeah. They do. I mean, they they did say it's like, well, the next 10 games will decide his fate, right? So it was like, they, they did say that. They were like, these 10 games and how we we'll, we'll figure it out after these 10 games. And then they show like, the results, right? Sure. And so it, I think the they could have done a better job of making it a bit clearer, but I think it's implied by by the end of those ten games, you know he's going to stick around because they won like seven out of those ten games, lost one, tied two, or something like that. Um, right. So yeah, you're right. They could have made it a little clearer, but I think the the implication was there that he was going to stick around once they started winning. Yeah. Um, and it's all about the implication. It's all about the result. That's right. I mean, speaking, I mean, we've talked about a lot of these, like, quote unquote characters, obviously the real life people. But, you know, obviously, besides the Rob and Ryan aspect of it all, did any of you, did either of you guys have, like, a favorite person or group within the actual, like, documentary of all the Wrexham people? It's a good question. Uh, I liked, um, I liked uh, Rob's friend who ended up being sort of like the, I forget his official title, but he was kind of like the the GM, you know, the guy with uh, the big guy with the glasses. yeah. He's the he's a writer and actor <laughs> who uh, has been part of Mythic Quest, right? And now he's now he's a football executive. Yeah. So right? I did a little research. I did a little research <laughs> on him. He actually had wa- like he had a big interest in being part of a club. Like he wanted to buy a club. He obviously didn't have the money. Oh. So I yeah, think did they say at the beginning that he went to rob? originally i don't know if that's in the no. documentary but he, that's in some that's in some of the subsequent readings gotcha. that's kind of implied that he potentially brought this idea up to rob McElhenney. yeah in the beginning it was at least how they framed it in the beginning yeah. is that uh he's just watching english football and rob is like what what are you so into and oh, so he's gotcha. like starts yeah. talking to him about it and then he gave Rob all this, like, this is why we love it. This is what the game's about. This is the tournament system over there. Uh, and that's what got Rob interested. Um, at least that's how they framed it in the doc. I'm sure there was more to it than that. But Yeah. But I think for me, I really, and I think this is solidified in the last few episodes. Like, I think specifically the bromance one. But I like the groundskeeper and the, like, assistant mm. groundskeeper. <laughs> like, they had to, I kind of wish there was more with them and yeah. just kind of banter. And also just, like, there's something always inherently interesting about the, you know, the quote-unquote, oh, I guess what people refer to as, like, the small people or the people who do, like, some of the, the you know, the behind-the-scenes type of stuff, the day-to-day grounds crew, stuff. the day-to-day stuff. And I thought, like, their dynamic was really interesting. And I think, like, Probably the most similar thing here is baseball in terms of like keeping up with the the entire pitch and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing with soccer, like keeping that pitch pristine. in tip top shape yeah. and pristine is like really really important and can like really make or break your home games <laughs> in Some a results. lot of ways. Yeah, and results it can cost you can cost you wins, right? Yeah. Uh, I already know Rabbi's favorite group. Rabbi's favorite group. <laughs> Wait, what? Are the hooligans. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, that, I mean, to be honest, that was my favorite episode. Like, I think it, because of a couple of reasons, it made it the doc. Like, the thing with this documentary is there are definitely episodes where it just felt kind of too jokey. Like the episode where they do the infomercial about whales just felt a little bit too 
Ryan Reynolds is probably the best way to explain <laughs> it. And that, you know, that's not a good or nor bad thing. Like, I, I just think it takes you out of the whole documentary experience. While, like, the Hooligans episode was cool and interesting because it showed, like, a regular fan of the team and then also gave some kind of, like, context and history to, like, why people act a certain way around soccer games. And it also ties into, like, what actually happened at one of their games and how the city's, you know, police chief and everything have to be involved and on the lookout for, you know, idiots, essentially. Right. I know we still have the two more wor- one-word impressions to do, but... Oh, yeah. On the, ho- on the hooligans front, did you guys find it interesting that, like, one of the hooligans, like, actually decided to be interviewed and part of the documentary... Well, he's a reformed Well, he, he was what, yeah. He, <laughs> he I don't know a, if he really he is, though, based off like what they... Years. I don't know if, like, he is from what they showed. Like, he, Well, they showed, they showed a lot of the old stuff, and I yeah. thought they made it pretty clear. It's like, yeah, that was my old life. Yeah. Uh, he misses it, and he doesn't regret anything he did, but right. he doesn't participate anymore. I was, really Otherwise, con- yeah. I, was, I was really confused about, like, the relationship he had with a person who was, like, trying to become a police officer, and then, like... Her still sticking with him, even though like he essentially cost her like her the career. chance that at that <laughs> career. It's like, but wait, you're still with this dude? Yeah, <laughs> that part was a little love is weird. Yeah, uh, it's something. So, uh, you know, it's what are you gonna do? You can't change someone. You can only compromise. I guess I don't know. And that's gonna lead into my one word impression, which is love. Because the, basically the documentaries, let's be honest, the documentary is just really a big uh, a love story. A big love story between Rob and Ryan. That's it. <laughs> the so- the whole Wrexham soccer thing is just kind of like a, a side story. The real thing is is their love their love for each other and you know patting themselves on the back. Which you know to a degree, like I feel like the documentary does like a lot of that, where it is like sure. a lot of like good job and it's. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that because uh, I will say this: this documentary made me like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Like his insecurity and his anxiety, I thought came through so well in this documentary. Um, Interesting. The fact that he's a people pleaser. The fact that you know he like even even when they lost, it was I thought the funniest part of this whole thing was Rob and Ryan going around to every play and being like, "Oh, it's okay, man." You know, it's fine. You you gave it your all. Like they're like I, I these owners. That, yeah. How usually like that? The hard asses. They like right. want results. It's like money speaks. And then these two guys are like, it's gonna be okay, man. I read that. Yeah. I read that differently. The the person I thought of the two that looked way better, or I had a lot more appreciation for, was Rob uh, McElhenney, because he was the one to me that got it way more than Ryan Reynolds yeah, did. Because, like, oh, yeah. Ryan, Ryan always consistently said, like, I played sports, but, like, I don't watch sports. Like, I don't understand this world of sports. While Rob, like, very he's, a, he's an Eagles fan. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah. Like, if you watch Sunny in Philadelphia, always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, he, he, they, he always incorporates sports into those stories and everything. So, I think, like, he really, he got the sports stuff. and um, Oh, yeah, he definitely did. And yeah. I, I thought. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm just I, saying. Yeah, but I, I thought even just coming out of it with the, with the two of them, I I came away with like a bigger appreciation for him in terms of just even though he's like not a Hollywood A-lister like Ryan Reynolds, movie which is, money, which is a great joke that they have throughout the whole documentary, right? They're like, "Oh, Deadpool and the other guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> Rob. Yep. Uh, you, you know, even despite having that difference in stature, like I thought Rob was just like." 
the better businessman actually oh, between yeah, no, the two. Undoubtedly. Yeah. But that's why that's why I prefer that's why I was like more drawn to Ryan because Rob came across as like the more typical business owner, to be honest. Like he was the one driving the whole thing. He was the one who's like, you know, this is the plan. He was the the big picture guy, the yeah. guy who's driving it. Yeah. And I thought Ryan Ryan just came across as more of a human to me. At least and what I mean by that is that my view of Ryan before this documentary was, you know, A-list Hollywood actor. After this documentary, I'm like, no, he's a guy who suffers from like all the normal human stuff. I mean, they all do, right? But I mean, isn't that, that, they that say really that, came yeah, through. About like Hollywood actors in general, they all have some type of anxiety or... I mean, I think everybody, oh, yeah. everybody does. I don't. Yeah. I they, no but they try to hide it, right? And this documentary didn't. Yeah, that's they, true. They really leaned into it. Yeah. Like, they're like, this is this is, this is is how much stress this is causing both of them. Right. Yeah. Because so. I mean, it's a lot of, I mean, at the end of the documentary, right, it's pretty obvious that the team is not in the green. They are not making money still. They are losing money. Uh, the nice thing, though, is when you have a diverse financial portfolio, if one business <laughs> is losing money, you still have other businesses making money. Aviation gin. Aviation gin. Aviation gin. <laughs> it tastes like shit. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I will. I will say. What well, have you ever seen the Hugh, when Hugh Jackman made an aviation gin commercial, like oh, yeah. at the height of their feud? I mean, he was right. It's great. <laughs> he's just like aviation gin. He just like pours it on the ground. He's like, it's shit. I heard it tastes okay. <laughs> no, it's no. disgusting. <laughs> Don't ever drink it. Uh, I what, think this what was you? Sorry, go oh, ahead, Christian. I was going to ask during that whole thing. What was Hugh Jackman's? Uh, Business that Ryan Reynolds was then also he like has a did a vodka or something. He has another oh, spirit. It was, it was something. Yeah. yeah, he has another spirit of some kind. Uh, well, uh, there were a lot of cameos in the finale for all the people at the match. There was like Sudeikis, Will Ferrell, Kit Harrington. I was kind of surprised Hugh Jackman wasn't there. Mm. Do you think? Do you think Ryan Reynolds invited him, but he couldn't make it? Yeah, scheduling conflict, definitely. Yeah, because that, that's such a that was such a missed opportunity. He was too busy starting production on Deadpool three. <laughs> oh, but Ryan resonated for that. <laughs> <laughs> what if he was right. there? But well, I mean, he could have been, and they just didn't show him for some reason. Or he was like hidden, hidden, hidden. Yeah, he was. Oh, just he's like Ryan a he, yeah. He's an Easter egg. But I think <laughs> this leads. Go back and look for him. I think this will lead to my one word impression, which is uh, meta. You can't use that name. Facebook will sue you. Copyrighted. <laughs> we can't use it. And the reason is because all the discussion is on Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. People use Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> the reason I use Meta, and I think Christian touched on this point a little bit of like Ryan and Rob. What's always interesting about documentaries, at least for me, and maybe I'm completely alone on this point, is the performance part of it right like documentaries in theory are supposed to be like real life representation or something but as we all know there's someone behind the editing and the making of this story right so like even though these are real life events and real life things that people said we've all worked in media long enough to know you can cut things up you can omit things you can you can present things in ways to tell a certain narrative that you want to tell right right and for me right Rob and Ryan are making this documentary. They are the they are the two that are behind this. They approve everything. And so it, it's hard even when we talk about like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney of like, oh yeah, we really like them. It's like there's this meta-ness to this where it's like everything we see is what they want us to mm. see, right? It's not like yeah. 
we're just getting here are the three thousand hours of uncut footage and like everything we're showing. The peeing bit was also hilarious, by the way, when uh, they just kept uh, Ryan's mic on when he's peeing oh, oh, in, yeah. the, in the, the thing. <laughs> that was funny, uh, but there's that meta-ness to it where it's like, oh, I want to like these guys, but like is also part of this. You know, they're like, oh, we're doing this all for the good of Wrexham and whatever and whatever. But it's like also part of it is to like build your own personal brands. <laughs> I mean, so do you, wait, I got I got to ask then, Arjuna. So do you think then there's like like a footage that will never see the light of the day? And it's just like Ryan Reynolds being like, I fucking hate whales. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably I mean, there uh, might be. I hate no. whales. Gotta I hate be, yeah. Bob. I hate yeah. it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> I would not be surprised if there are parts of. When Ryan and Rob visited um, Wales and Wrexham, I would not be surprised if there are parts where Ryan is just like, "Oh, another fucking Deadpool costume, woohoo!" <laughs> like I'm sure yeah. there, I'm sure to a degree, there's a part of him probably that's just like, "I'm tired of only being associated with Deadpool." Mm, right. <laughs> like at some point, sure. it wears on you, right? But I mean, look, if you put a camera on anyone right. for 24 hours a day, seven days yeah. a week, 365 days a year. There's going to be bad shit. You're yeah. going to say something stupid. Yeah. You're going to do something that people are like, that's not cool. Or like, You're going to get irritated. Yeah, you're going to get yeah. irritated, whatever. So it's like, it's this highly curated thing that they're in charge of. Like, it's their documentary, right? It's not like a third-party crew came in and like, we just followed them around. Right. It's like, this is FX and Disney, which own, you know, which are invested in their careers because Souls. it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Deadpool. Like, yeah. <laughs> these are big money makers. So it also doesn't behoove fx and disney to be like, show these guys in bad lights right either. of course so I, that's just like there's that whole meta-ness to the entire thing where you're just like wait this is real but like <laughs> is it real yeah right yeah. it's um, very yeah it's very much well, curated uh, right so yeah you'll 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 ne- you never get like an objective look because people are making stuff right so yeah and then there's also yeah. like it's before, always a viewpoint there's always i think we talked about this with the the people in Wrexham, right like they are also performing it, uh, and this is true of any documentary and any type of anything that's captured. Right, you are performing. Right, right. you're perform. Like, we when we do this podcast, we're like, oh, we're three brothers hanging out, but we're performing for. Yeah, this we don't podcast. like each other. Right? I hate your guests. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. not performing. That's but when the cam- as soon as the camera goes off, we immediately turn off the cameras to go fuck you. Fuck yeah, we we actually don't look each other in the eyes. We all hate like we're like you. We're like we're like your one more impression that was dog shit. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Do better, donkey. <laughs> I want you off the fucking side. I heard Gordon Ramsay doesn't look anyone in the eye once the camera's off. Just joking. I mean, that feels like that would be real, actually. That's what people have said about Kitchen Nightmare. I've heard like this thing. So, you know, real I've, big met, I've met Gordon Ramsay. You did? I met him years ago when I worked at the Santa Monica Apple Store. Yeah. He came in oh, with I his son. This. Yeah, he came in with his son, and his son had broken his iPhone. Oh, yeah. And, okay. his, and his son was like, oh, yeah, it was, you know, his broken phone was like 200 bucks where to get it fixed. And the son looks at, at Gordon, and Gordon's like, "You have money, pay him." I've heard, I oh, have heard this about yeah. Gordon Ramsay. But like the thing with Gordon in that moment is like his eyes are scary. Like he's oh, a very sure. intense human being. <laughs> like I was, I felt uncomfortable. Like you know, it's not my phone, it's not my money, it's nothing to do with you me. You should have been like, "Yes, chef. Sorry, <laughs> chef. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. I'll clean the station right away." Like I really just wanted to be like, "I will just give you a new phone because I want to get out of this situation." Like it's oh very uncomfortable. God, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. So are you uh, real quick? I gotta ask. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite when you were working in the Apple Store specifically? Because you've met, you've come across a few, yeah. you know, bigger names. Do you have a favorite? 
I think my favorite is still Ray Liotta. Well, oh, you know, oh, Ray how Liotta did that was go? yeah, that was a gr- an intense one because I know like Ray Liotta, you know, he was in uh, Goodfellas, yeah. and you know he plays like that. You know, he's also the voice of the the guy from Tommy Versetti from Grand Theft Auto Vice like, City, and he plays like you know that mafia mob guy, and you would think, oh, he's just playing that on TV. No, that's his personality. <laughs> like that was that was what like when he came in, that's who he was. And it was again one of those things where I was like, I just want to give you something for free and I just want to leave the situation. <laughs> Didn't you also meet Paul Pierce? I nah in uh in Yeah, uh, in, uh, in Boston. In Boston uh, yeah, right? in Boston, yeah. And uh Shaq as well when he was uh with them for that minute or for, whatever. For a cup of tea. For a cup of tea, yeah. Literally. Yeah. But yeah, I think Ray was my favorite because it was like nice. wow, you were that, you know, individual. So if you combine our one words into a sentence and rearrange it a little bit, it's multifaceted meta love. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty meta. That sounds like a, a screamo rock band. Probably. Probably. Pro- probably. Let's, uh, l- let's talk about the future of Wrexham. Um, specifically, not just the team, but I think I think the other interesting factor of the document is we're following characters in the town. Uh, ones that stand out, obviously, are like the people that are p- were part of the trust. We're following them. There's My favorite is the two older ladies having tea, mm. oh, consistently talking about whatever. And again, and again, like the very first time we saw that, I was like, this feels a little staged, but I hope it's not. Um, because it does feel a little genuine. But I think the the... the people in the town that i'm more interested in is the owner of the uh the, the pub because he at one point it looks like they start mm. a podcast yeah has anyone followed up to actually like listen to the podcast because i'm curious like i mean i would imagine it's it's a typical soccer podcast which there sure. are thousands on millions of um but i would be curious to see like where that podcast like ratings and downloads have gone since the show's mm. like aired but i guess Exploded, like where, yeah where do you think or do you think for like a season two, are we gonna see new people? Or we follow the same people? I would assume there's probably gonna be a mix. Like I'm sure we're gonna follow some of the familiar characters while introducing new people that kind of come along. I'm sure. I haven't checked like what Wrexham has done, but I'm sure they've added more players that they'll kind of follow around. I, I think some of my favorite stuff um, that they showed, and this was more in the first half of the season, was uh, just showing some of the like families of the different players. Um, and just kind of their personal lives and whatnot. And I thought, like, really diving into, like, who they were off the field. Because, again, that's – you can watch the games to find out, like, what kind of player they are and, like, yeah. if they score lots of goals in their their style. But I think getting that, that kind of background about who they are um, and kind of what they're playing for um, is definitely very interesting. So, mm. yeah, I, I hope for some more of that type of stuff and just more follow-ups there. Um in terms of kind of what's going on, I'm kind of curious to see if like Ollie Palmer and um, what's his name, uh, Paul Mullen, like stuck around after this season. Like I wasn't, I think they kind of referenced their contracts a little bit, but I can't remember what they were I'm, and you know, if, I'm you know what what the deal is there for all. For I think them. both of them are multi-season. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they're both there for a couple years at least. Yeah, I mean for what they paid, I would. I would hope they didn't just do like a one season yeah. deal. I think the the one player I'm the, the situation I'm most the, the most interesting situation 
to follow up for season two is the goalkeeper situation. Mm, yeah, because he got Rob the injury. Yeah, because Leighton yeah. was like a huge part of their their team, and then you could argue the reason they lost was because their backup goalkeeper like kind of choked. Dibble kind of choked, right? And that was, you know, we haven't really seen the follow up to this game in terms of did, did he get cut right? Yeah. Like, is he was he still around for the beginning of the season? Like, how do his how did his team kind of respond to that? Um, so yeah, being the goalie that, that was another good Sucks. episode. Like, <laughs> it is it is the worst. The worst job in sports you, is being you, a goalie. Yeah. A goalie, field goal kickers. Field goal kick, yeah. Uh, hockey closer, Closers, hockey goalies. Yeah. Those, are the, a, those are the type of roles where you're known for two things. You're either the very best. Yep. Or the uh, worst. Or, or you're costing the team. Yeah, games. or you not you're the worst. You, you choke. Yeah. Those are the only you're two choking, times you're yeah. known. <laughs> That's wild. Sucks. Seems like they're relaxing. Like you don't have to run as much. <laughs> don't have to like. Yeah. You sit down. So most physically, of the time. maybe, but mentally, very stressful. Yeah. That's kind of. They they say those types of players have the most anxiety. Yeah. And like the best ones are a little like loose. Oh, they're in the insane. Head. Yeah. Oh, they're insane. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Juno? Who was who was the um the goalie on the Bruins from Vermont? Uh, who during during the cup run did when they won the cup? Uh, what was his oh name? before Tukarask. Before Tuka Rask, yeah. Wait, I forget sorry, his name. What was the he last was, name? He was insane. Rask. <laughs> Rask was the goalie after Oh, not guy. Tuka Rask. Tuka. Tuka? Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask. That's such a cool name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great, great player. Uh, I think for season two, because Arjuna's right, right? Rob and Ryan know exactly what they're doing. And the fact that the show is a little bit meta, there's no way that they're not going to touch on the success of the first season and how that has impacted the making of the second season. Uh, so I would, I would imagine like they touch upon like how um, the crowds of the games maybe have gone up uh, the access that they're given because of the success of the first season probably goes up, um, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, more, I, I bet we see way more celebrity, uh, way more celebrity, celebrity appearances, um, huge Jackman. I think, yeah, huge. Yeah, if huge Jackman doesn't appear in the second season, it'd be a waste. <laughs> I think. I mean, I guess these are kind of like bull predictions. So, I think for me, the big one that we're gonna see next season, I think there's gonna be a lot more synergy, synergy. with the Disney machine. Like, I think we're gonna no. see more stuff around Always Sunny. I think we're gonna see tons of stuff around Deadpool three, Marvel, Marvel, and Star Wars, and maybe even Star Wars. I mean. I would love it if the first episode is just a shot of the pitch and TIE fighters and Thanos coming out of a portal. I think that'd be <laughs> hilarious. I will I will say, I think the funniest <laughs> part of the, or one of the funniest parts of the whole thing was that quick cold open where Rob's friend is trying to film a TikTok or an audition. Uh, it was an audition, oh, an audition for Star Wars. Yeah, and, for Obi-Wan. Yeah. And they, they put in all the, the laser and the, the music as yep. he's just trying to shoot this video. Well, I love that uh, they did do the follow-up of like, he did not get the role. <laughs> yeah, he, he did not get I the role. I was trying to think, I'm like, did he get it? And nope. I was like, yeah. no, I don't nope. think he did. He and then not. it's like, he did not get it. I'm he like, should have. Yeah. He would have been great. It's amazing, though, like, like from like actor, writer, producer to like, Football exec. Football, like, that's a career. Yeah. <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah, that guy is living it up. Yeah. It's great. I think my more cynical side for... So, Christian, your bold prediction is, like, the more cameos references to season one for season two. Yeah, and, and yeah, just them, um, yeah, dealing 
directly addressing the success of the first season yeah. and how it impacts the second season. Yeah, yeah. and mine is specifically Thanos shows up. Whether that's Thanos or Josh Brolin. No, Kang. Kang. Yeah, Jonathan Majors. Mephisto. No, Mephisto. Mephisto, Mephisto. shows up. Sasha Baron yes. Cohen. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a more cynic, cynical view. What, you? Uh, for no. a bold prediction. And it's not necessarily about season two, but it's about like Robin Ryan's uh, mm. entire deal with owning Rex and with doing the documentary. And that is... Their goal is to get this team, and you're already seeing it with sales and such around the team, get it as profitable as possible and sell it. Whoa. You think they're actually going like, to give it up? Yeah, absolutely. Like, Do you think these guys want to continue to go like to Wrexham, Wales for like 20 to 30 years? No, but you want to get the <laughs> business like sufficient and in the green, and then just like there's like – I would argue with Ryan's other businesses, where sure. was it Cricket, the cell phone thing, yeah, and then Aviation Gin. He's not running those day to day, for sure. And even Wrexham, they're not running yeah. day to day. Yeah. I think, I don't know that they'll sell it. I think the documentary will end, but they'll still own it. I don't think they will. I think once that doc wraps, their ownership stake wraps. Dang. Mm. And I think I think I mean it's a bold prediction. I think their goal, and I think the goal—it's very nice what they're trying to do for Wrexham and like to get it profitable. <laughs> it's very nice. And I think it's you know it, it is very going nice. to help. It's going to help a lot of people. It's going—they're yeah. helping that club, but like they're also smart and they're also helping themselves first. Well, yeah, right. And, <laughs> and they like, both have a lot of other stuff. Going yeah, on. and look, we talk like Rob. I think Rob's ultimate goal, like many sports owners, is to own. Bigger sports teams, right? You always you see any sports owner, they start as a minority shareholder in a smaller club, and then they'll sell, and that then stake. they sell that stake higher to get a bigger stake in another team, and a bigger stake in another team to eventually become what a principal owner in a big, big market so team. So let me get this right. So a BFT. Then, so I'll take a step further. Then yeah. so it's not that the documentary ends; it's the documentary title changes, and it's called Welcome to. Manchester, Manchester United. No, no, no. Welcome, <laughs> no, no. Welcome to Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, oh, no. Th- wow. That's that. That's that franchise is not selling anytime soon. I mean, why would? You, I mean, None, very few of those big ones will ever sell. Yeah, no, definitely. They're, they're unless there's a money. scandal involved involving yeah. an owner, right? Or right, they just. So then, how many seasons? One more season, two, three, four. I, I would say there's a five-year plan. Oh wow! So I'm going to go four more seasons. I mean, that does get us through phase. Five and six of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Phase seven. Welcome to Wrexham, the movie. Ooh. Now in the MCU. Yeah. Do you think Wrexham will show up in Deadpool 3? Yes. 100%. Oh, yeah. At least yeah. some of those players. Something. Don't a bit. Is that, some cameo. Is this our first group bold prediction? Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> Deadpool is so meta. It's so, or, not, you know, they yeah. love breaking the fourth wall and bringing in all that stuff. So... Absolutely, and also like again, like we know that these guys are building this this these synergy empires, if you will. Why wouldn't you put Wrexham in Deadpool three? Because then Deadpool is an international will be an international. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, best best picture or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, Wrexham is now on the map even more because of this movie. Uh, that's just gonna help the Wrexham club, right? Like I would not be surprised. If there was like some kind of weird uh, Deadpool Wrexham kit that comes out at some point, 
right? It's true. I mean, like, they had the something... Philadelphia Eagles kit yeah. in this first. Yeah. This season. I mean, and that's yeah. just something you have to talk to to Marvel Disney about, and like, hey, we got this soccer thing and money, yay! I mean, a Deadpool Wrexham kit. Oh, I'd buy would that. Sell really well. I would buy. <laughs> I'd buy a couple of those. Yeah. I don't. I don't like kits. I think they're very uncomfortable. <laughs> but I'd still buy it. <laughs> this is comfortable. It's not really a kit, but it's, it's comfortable. I mean the the England one I have, that's just pretty comfortable actually. Yeah, it's not bad. I thought you guys were talking about like mystery boxes. <laughs> <laughs> a kid is a shirt. Isn't yeah, it? it's the jersey. Oh, okay. uh, the cool. Cool. Some Deadpool in, in mystery box at Comic Con. I mean, I'm sure they have those. They definitely have those. When we go we to LA Comic Con, I'll buy you one. And uh, then yeah. I'll actually, just actually speaking it. of kid, did anyone else find it funny? I think it was Ryan. I forget if it was Ryan or Rob, but David Beckham was in the finale too. And one of them turns to Kit, and they're like, "David Beckham, like, he played pretty well, right?" He was like a big player. Like I think that was like the gist of what they said. And Kit Harrington's like, "Oh yeah, he was like he's like I grew up idolizing him." <laughs> it, was like, it was probably Will. It was probably Will Ferrell who said who said it was like probably said that right. No, no, no. It was either Rob or Ryan that oh, said oh, that oh, to oh. Kit Harrington of like oh, David Beckham. Like he's a pretty big player, right? Like he played. <laughs> Kit Harrington's like, yeah. yeah fun <laughs> fact. Fun fact about David Beckham. Uh, I think he is a not minority owner in Miami FC uh, MLS team, which I think started this year or will start next year. I, I, I think they even referenced his owning a team because they ask, they, I think they both asked Beckham of like, hey, do you go down? <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, wow, go wow. down to the locker room after <laughs> to talk You're to not making players. it better. Do you go down, Jesus. David Beckham? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Spice, yes, he does. <laughs> are they still married? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, they are. It's all performative. Uh, spo- uh, Depends. Posh Spice? She was Posh Spice. Well, speaking of David Beckham, there's the new Disney Plus show, documentary show that's coming out, where David Beckham is going to help a youth soccer league in East London um, avoid, hopefully, regu- um, being regulated as well. And I believe he played for this East London soccer team when he was a... A youth. When he was a lad. When he was a lad, yeah. I have one final question for all of you before we get into the question. Oh, okay. Does this show make <laughs> you guys want to own a sports team with Yes. Me? Yes. Yeah. Was it, it good actually. as going to buy the New England Patriots? I feel after this season, we get them dirt cheap. <laughs> there's, there's no, no way. Wow, <laughs> they're, they're, they're one of the 10 richest franchises. Oh, no. I, I know. But <laughs> we're pretty rich. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have uh, you've seen this, but so many people are buying a pickleball. Professional pickleball teams. Wait, first of all, I didn't even know that was a, such a thing. I didn't think professional pickleball. It's a it's a, a it's a new. Why league. would you admit that? The pickle, on air. the pickleball league is a new <laughs> is a new league that's being formed. I think LeBron James, Tom Brady, and some other big athletes have already invested. And there's only two reasons that this could happen. One, there's real money behind this. Or two. Someone's got a lot of dirt on these athletes. <laughs> <laughs> you just named a lot of old retired athletes. Neither of those players are retired. Yeah. In quiet retired. No, they haven't quietly retired. <laughs> no, yeah. They're, they're loudly, what? they're loudly what? still clinging on to play. People yeah. want them both to retire. Don't get me wrong, but they're like their no, bodies want them to I'm retire. not retiring. They're like, I refuse to retire. <laughs> they Insane. have. They just don't know it. <laughs> Well, Tom Brady did retire and then unretired, and now he's getting divorced because of it. Who was saying so. it? He's essentially Goku. 
Uh, There's a social media. Thinks- found a post that was like basically like uh, Tom Brady thinks he's Goku in the sense that you know Goku obviously ran away from his family multiple times to like train and become the best fighter. My favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, I know the internet hates me because of my Dragon Ball. <laughs> Your Dragon Ball take. But I will say one of the funniest things in Dragon Ball Z is Goku dies obviously after the Cell Saga. Right. And then he comes back and he has his ten year old son. And Chi-Chi's like, I have someone for you to meet. This is your son, Goten. And he's like, oh, hi, Goten. And I think that he never really says anything else to his son. (laughs) That's not true. They're in the background talking. You just don't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dragon Ball's going to go the way of, like, Star Wars at some point and show you all the in-between moments. Is his son going to kill him? Sure. (laughs) Why not? Goten's too weak. I mean, he went Goten's super. He went super sane, like with an argument with his mom. Yeah, that's true. Wait, but isn't yeah. he the one from Super who was supposedly more powerful than his? No, that's Gohan. 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 Goten. Is Goten the was the son. one who fused. He and became that fat blob. Became the fat blob. Goten, <laughs> imperfect Goten. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Michael saw the movie. <gasps> I'm so lost. He was the guy that was lounging and sleeping? No, no, no. no, no that no. was Boo. Okay, yeah. there were these two, like, uh, preteen teen two kids. Youths. And they did, like, they did, like, this little dance, and then they became one thing. But uh, they, were, they were overweight. But um, they were, yeah. And they weren't as effective. They had, like, oh. purple hair on yeah. the sides and black hair. And they were the ones that kept fusing into something, inappro- like, not yeah. inappropriate, but, you know, like, not... Not a- ideal. Ideal, yeah. For right. a yes. Not term. ideal. Because they messed, they messed up the dance. Yeah. So. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah. But now I do. Thanks. <laughs> you got For it. more Dragon Ball takes... Follow Arjuna on Twitter at <laughs> yeah specifically what is Twitter Arjuna. handle Arjuna Ramgopal. There you go. <laughs> the internet hates him for this one trick, which is weird because he doesn't say in the thing that he hates all of Dragon Ball. He says he hates Dragon Ball or doesn't want to watch Dragon Ball Super. Wait, who it was a very that? measured take, but there were there were multiple comments that are like, "You're stupid." Arjuna I hates all of Dragon Ball no, Z. No, no, Michael, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, internet. all press is good press, right? That's true. It's very true. And with that, let's ask the question. Krishna, you haven't started in a while, so you can go first. Oh, okay. Ravi. Hello. Was season one of Welcome to Wrexham good? You know, when I first started watching it, I was not a fan. And I was going to tell you all that I don't want to talk about this. But then around episode like four or five is where it like really picked up. And it wasn't just this uh, circle jerk. So, yes, it was good. Because (laughs) it wasn't a circle jerk. Arjuna was welcome to Deadpool, the sequel. Hey, bring on the Deadpool and Rob McElhenney. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rob McElhenney. Great song. Uh, Was it good? Uh, It was good. It was uh, an interesting experience, but it kept me coming back each week. And I was excited to watch it. And kind of see, and I think my allegiances to, to different portions of the documentary changed as it went on. I was interested in some of the Hollywood stuff. I was interested in the, the people around Rex, and I was interested in the game. So I think like there wasn't one singular part where I was just like kind of groaned or like wanted or kind of like tuned out or wanted to fast forward. I thought like the multifaceted look to steal Christian's one word uh, really helped because I think all of it was interesting. Also, shout out to the release schedule, like. I'm very happy that they released multiple episodes each like week. Two, right? It was on average either three or four episodes yeah. at a time, which was oh. great. It yeah. definitely helped keep you invested. 
And it also felt like each week you were getting like a mini movie. They also themed it well, right? Because there yeah. was some, there was like one week they did one episode, but it worked because it was a longer episode and it yeah. like thematically it worked. And so I, I don't think they were, I think, because this came out, I think, on both Hulu and Disney Plus. And they weren't necessarily beholden to like, it has to be X number of episodes each and every week. It was like, actually, this is creatively what works best, where you can group these episodes together and these episodes yeah. together. And uh, I kind of hope more shows take that cue and they're like, actually, this is what works best for our show, not what works best for the network. your programming grid. Yeah. Krishna, thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you. Was Welcome to Wrexham season one. <laughs> Is your brain just flatline? <laughs> no. I just thought it's a dramatic pause. Oh, okay. I asked that the question. Christian. Oh, you did? Yeah, I said, was Welcome to Rexham's <laughs> oh, dramatic pause. End of that season question. one, good. Wow. Oh. I <laughs> yeah, had a good part. I loved it. I loved that it tackled all levels of owning and running and being a fan of and playing at a football team in England. Uh I'm curious to see, like, a lot of season one felt like, um, kind of like lore building. Like, this is Wales. Uh, this is what everything means. You know, a lot of learning in season one. So I am curious to see uh, how they fill season two. Because um, there's a lot of good context added to season one where they can't just repeat it for season two. Right. So I'd be curious to see creatively how they try and change season two, because I would imagine they want to keep the same number of episodes, maybe, we'll see. Um, so just how they fill up some of that stuff, because we already know now, after you've seen season one, we already know uh, the tournament structure and the league structure and yeah. uh, Wales. You know, I wonder, curious to say if they do a follow-up to the here, learn about Wales episode right. type of thing. So I, I, I am curious. I think what'll be interesting about season two is, you know, there's really only two ways that can go for the season result. They either get promoted or they don't get promoted again. Mm. Right. And so you have to imagine if they don't get promoted again, maybe season two is more of a follow-up of, okay, we've brought in all this money. We've brought in all of this talent and we've done as much as we can, but we're still not getting the result that we need. And so you probably that season two, then probably needs to be what changes. Right. Right. Versus, okay, if they, if they go and they win and they go through, I think then it's about celebrating that, but also like, okay, now we're in the next tier. What's next? Do we know everybody? when a season two is coming or we don't? We don't know. I mean, like we're in the middle of the season. We're in like early part, like early quarter of the season right now. Right. So like spoiler alert, you can check what their record is. Yeah. Uh, can I, can we, can we reveal yeah, like go for what yeah. they're currently record? They're, current I believe record. second in the league, correct? They are second. Yeah. They're one point behind first place. Right. They have nine wins, two ties, and two losses. So they're doing a lot better than they were better. a year ago right. because they have and they've, the they've pieces scored, in place. They've scored the most goals by a lot. So they have 38 uh, goals scored on the season, and second place is 31 goals scored. Damn. And they've uh, they've only they've allowed 15 for a goal differential of 23 goals yeah. in 13 games, which is that's nuts. So again, I, I would say then. If they don't make it this season, especially with the start that they're up to, everything they've put into this team, you have to think the happy-go-lucky vibes end in a lot of ways. Because it's like, are they just going to repeat the same thing again, hoping for a better result? 
That's what Ted Lasso did. <laughs> but that's a fictional Ooh. show. <laughs> this well, is real life. Maybe, business. maybe, maybe there's uh, <laughs> there's somebody else though that we don't we're not aware of that like some other Hollywood actors that bought like another <laughs> team in the National League <laughs> and they're pumping it full of money <laughs> and players. Yeah. Also, oh, that so would be a fascinating like follow up documentary. Yeah. Fir- or first place is Knotts County. So maybe uh, Hugh Jackman bought Knotts County. Oh my this god, that oh. would be fucking. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> so. Did this documentary teach us that money is what buys sports teams yes. wins? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It definitely taught us and that. I don't that, think was, that was no secret, though. But that I think was, what they're trying what to mean. really talk about is, like, the money can only get you so far. You have to build it. You have to bring in the, the right people. Because is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes. Yeah, Wrexham existed right before this. They weren't any good. And then all of a sudden, Hollywood comes in. They're like, we got millions. Let's throw it at you. And now they're second place. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, I mean, think that works to a degree. But I think then, if they didn't make it, they don't make it for a second season. Then clearly, just throwing all the money doesn't work. Because you can go from last to second, but you're still not going up in the league, right? Second place is first loser. Exactly. Yep. So then you they have to then really dissect, okay, do we have the right people in place to actually get this thing over the hump? They fire everybody, start I mean they could fresh. they could, right? Like you've yeah. seen you've seen worse from other sports owners. That's true. And you look you see it like in a lot of American sports teams too. Like everyone at the NFL level is uber, uber rich. These right. are like the top fifty richest people in the world, right? And Bad franchises stay bad because people just throw, like, you know, not to dunk on the Jacksonville Jaguars, but <laughs> last year they're like, who is the most well-known coach out there that we can hire? Urban Meyer. We're going to bring Oof. him in. He didn't even last a full season because he was fucking terrible. Yeah. So, like, and they gave him a huge contract and we're like, this is going to work. We have the number one pick. This is a generational prospect. We're going to pick him. They won, like, two, three games last year. Yeah. So, money doesn't, doesn't always, always work, right? right? And to just to piggyback off of that, the dr- the the drama around the two Hollywood actors bringing in all this money is that they're operating like in the red. Right. They're losing money, and you can only do that for so long. Right, so if right. they don't get promoted again this year, they're they're like millions and millions and millions of dollars in the hole, and they're still not promoted to a league where they can start making revenue, bring in revenue for the club to become sustainable. Deadpool so four. that's sort of like <laughs> they need to do it, and they need to do it soon. Yeah. Because look, uh, uh, as much as th- again, it's a feel-good story. If they want to help this town, they are businessmen. Like yeah. th- that's their primary role with <laughs> with this team, and it's not good business to keep operating millions and millions of dollars in debt if you're not changing the result. Right. So Here's money well money. spent Pissing it or away. an endless supply of money is what wins games. Pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank you for that. With that, that's gonna do it for us here on Was It Good. Our next pod will most likely be on Hot D. Hot D. Hot D. <laughs> House of Dragon. House Spoiler of Dragon. alert. I was surprised by this season. Oh, I haven't seen this season. It's not over yet, is it? Well, no, one episode left. Our next oh. pod. So I'm saying the so future. You might, be, you might be even more surprised. Yeah, you know? I'm surprised at how much I hated it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. As <laughs> always, you can find our full episodes on YouTube.com slash Was It Good. Follow us on Twitter at Was It Good and on Instagram and TikTok at Was It Good Pod. Goodbye. Goodbye.